Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 283 and session number 85 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. And you guys know, I say this every week, I enjoy every single minute of it. I love hearing from you. I love uh, I love just being able to connect with you on another level, and I feel as though listening to your question makes us more connected to where we can actually sit down together, like in that coffee shop that we talk about, and I literally do have a cup of coffee here right now. It is early, well, I'd say mid-morning right now that I'm recording this, just got back from a really nice walk. Very, very foggy this morning, but still very warm here in South Carolina, which is pretty amazing seeing that we're in November, which is awesome, and I am loving the choice that my wife and I made with making this move. I wrote an email uh, about a week ago now, I think it was, talking about like kind of like what we've been doing since we've been here, and we we couldn't imagine, or we, I guess, I don't know how I'm trying to say that, we, we w- never would have imagined, that's what I'm trying to say, that we would be here right now two years ago. Like it wasn't even in our consciousness. It wasn't even in our mindset that we would ever pick up and move our entire family. Well, not the entire family. My daughter, my 21-year-old daughter is still back in New York with her fiance, but uh, basically our whole family, right? We picked up and, uh, and moved, right? And that was a little scary, but you know what? We did it. We're here. We're so happy that we did it. But I need to kind of circle back to what I talked to you guys about. Like you never can tell where you're going to go, but you have to continually expand. You need to continually push your comfort zone. Uh, And I guess the word of the day, guys, is, well, you guessed it, change. I think that we all have to start thinking to ourselves like, you know, we can't really plan out everything. We can get things in motion, but we can't always predict. And I don't think we should. I just think that it's a point of taking action, as you guys always hear me say, and uh, and really just embrace the change, but also expand and, and go outside your comfort zone. And I have to say, like, if we never just said, you know what, let's just do this. Let's, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? We, we kind of went through that whole thing. What's the worst that can happen? Like right now, like I'd have to sell my house here and move back. That's the worst that would happen, right? No big deal, okay? And same thing in business. You have to ask yourself, what if you don't do you know, the, the thing that you're working on, whatever that is, maybe it's to, you know, go out there and try to just sell something on eBay, or maybe it's out there trying to just sell retail ARB on, on Amazon, whatever it is, like what's the worst that's going to happen if you don't sell that product or those products or the private label product that you just did, like how much risk are you taking? Like you do have to live within your own risk tolerance, right? But it doesn't have to be to the point where you're like always protected, Right. And I just think that it's so important to understand that we need to we need to embrace change. We have to understand that change will always be in our in our lives. I mean, especially if you're growing, uh, which I follow, you know, Tony Robbins stuff for years. And, uh, you know, he's always talking about can I, you know, constant and never ending improvement and kind of like if you're not growing, you're dying. I believe that. Um, So, again, guys, I'm not really sure how I got on this rant. Uh, or <laughs> this topic, but I think it's important, and I think it comes down to the word of the day, which is change. Like, embrace it, understand it's it's going to happen, and then just also look back at your life and see where changes have happened, and if those changes never would have been presented to you if you had not did X, 
right? If you never did that one thing, it never would have allowed you to even think about uh, going to uh, you know another state or maybe starting that business or maybe you know joining a certain class that then introduced you to someone that then opened up a whole new world of something, right? So I just want you guys to understand that we're all in the same boat, right? We all have the same amount of hours in the day. We all have the same struggles, the obstacles, but it does all come down to really just getting out there and doing something. I said that to my wife today. We're working on a little case study right now, uh, you know, that we're going to be presenting here at our live event. And it never would have happened if I didn't say, you know what, I'm going to do this little case study and see what happens. Now, all of a sudden, it's opened up my eyes to this whole other market. I'm excited. Like, it never would have happened. It never would have happened years ago if I hadn't started selling on eBay one product and seeing that I can actually sell something on eBay and then all of a sudden go out there, find other products and start selling them on, on, uh, on eBay, right? It never would have happened if I didn't take the action, all right? So that's why you guys always hear me say that. It's so important to take action and, and get something in motion. And then from there, you're going to learn, adapt to the change and then from there, you can move on to, you know, the next part of that plan or that journey. All right. So, all right, guys, I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, hopefully that's helpful to you guys, but I just really needed to get that off my chest because it's so important. It really, really is. Okay. So the word of the day, change, embrace it. Okay. All right. So the show notes to this episode are going to be at theamazingseller.com forward slash 283 and the show notes, the transcripts, all that stuff will be there. If you want to ask a question and have it featured here on the podcast, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. And just record your first name, maybe where you're tuning in from, and then a brief question, and I'll do my best to get it here answered on the podcast. All right, so that's it. So what do you guys say? Let's stop talking, Scott, so much, and let's go ahead and get into today's first question, and then that way there I can give you my answer. What do you say? Let's do that. Let's get into this. God bless you and your family, Scott. My name is Will, and I have an interesting question. I sell a private label product that is a seasonal item in patio, lawn, and garden category. Sales are highest during the summer months and lowest in the winter months. It's a drop-off of about 50%. I have a really good problem as inventory is selling quite rapidly, and I project to sell out entirely within a month. But I don't know if I should replenish my inventory now or wait until spring of next year. What is your take on this? Thank you. Okay. So the first thing I need to say is this is why I do what I do. Being able to connect with people like Will. Will, thank you so much for uh, the kind words. And uh, I just really want to say thank you. Shake your hand virtually here. We're, we're shaking hands now. So put out your hand, Will. Let's go ahead. Handshake. What's up, man? How you doing? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I just, again, I, I mean, the reason why I do the podcast is for that right there. I mean, being able to connect with with people like you and, and, and everyone else that's listening. So thank you so much. All right, so to get into your question, great question, by the way. I think this is an awesome question because you have a great product that's selling well, but it's seasonal, all right? Now, that's not a bad thing, but it is going to be a little bit of a struggle because if you don't take the sales that you're that you're doing when you have your high season, right? And then you bank some of that money for the off season. Well, then all of a sudden it's out of balance, right? So what we have to do is we have to figure out like, how do we fill in that gap? 
right? So are there products, first off, is there products that can be uh, sold in your market, okay, alongside that, that same product or something similar? If not, then you almost have to go with a whole nother product or market that isn't seasonal. So this way here, it can balance that, okay? So that's number one. Number two is... If you are going to be running out of inventory and then you're just going to let it sit and then reorder, I would not advise that. And here's why. Even if you're only making a few sales here and there, uh, to me, you're keeping the listing live. I would rather do that than have my competition be doing that. And then when you get back in stock, it's going to be harder for you to get back. Now, I can't prove that. I can't say that, well, you know what? If you ran out of stock and you were selling 30 a day and then you got back in stock in spring and then all of a sudden your sales took right back off again. I can't say that for sure, but my common sense, okay, and for those of you that don't know me, uh, I'm not really that smart of a guy as far as book smart, but I have pretty good common sense. I can pretty much figure out things that make sense, right? I've got pretty good common sense, and common sense to me tells me here that I would rather keep a listing uh, growing or at least maintaining versus letting it kind of die, right? It's kind of like taking a flower and trying to pour water on it to bring it back to life, and then all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? It's just not going to work. We're going to have to pull it up and plant a new one, right? We, we don't want that, and I think if you can continually get sales, then I would just order enough to keep the inventory in, or if you have to order a certain number, let's say you have to order a 1,000 units, why well, wouldn't ship all 1,000 units in? Maybe, you only, maybe you're going to sell... 10 a day and you have 300. So you need 300 in there for a month. So just ship in 300 and let the other 700 sit in your garage or your basement or a warehouse, something you're going to pay less than if you're going to have Amazon store it. So that's what I would do. I would not recommend running out and staying out of stock for four, five, six months. I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't think that that would make a ton of sense. Um, the other thing I would ask myself is, is it so seasonal that you couldn't get outside sales, uh, you know, for that product or is it just you know, more sales come during, you know, maybe the summer months and then it dies off a little bit, but you still have some sales and you can still get sales outside of Amazon. When what I'm getting at is can you build some type of, uh, you know, group or, or a fan page or email list around this product or this market. So while you're doing this, you're also going to be building, uh, so this way here, when you do launch, you're going to be able to really, really boost your sales and start to maybe get outside sales. Um, and that will kind of fill in or kind of backfill on some of that, that low season. Now, if, if anyone out there listening right now is like, well, I don't really know even if my product is a seasonal item or not. I've talked about this on a workshop that we do. Um, you guys can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. There's a couple different workshops that we're doing. We're doing one on product research and we're doing one on the five phases to launching. You can go to that page, see which one is up or if there's an option there to select one, select one there that is suited to where you are. But we do do a product research one there and we do dive into kind of like how to see if something's seasonal, the depth, the demand, all of that stuff. But in this case, I'll just give it to you really, really quickly, Google Trends is probably your best friend to look at uh, a market, okay? So if you're going to search for snow shovel, you're going to see that it's going to spike in December, January, February, and it's going to drop all the way down and flatline uh, probably the rest of the year. Now, uh, if you also want to use a product that's already been selling or even see how long it's been selling, 
You can go to camelcamelcamel.com, take that ASIN or that that URL, that link, and put that in there in in that uh, camel camel camel, and it will tell you how long it's been selling. It'll show you the price changes that have happened. It'll show you the BSR over time, all of that stuff. Really, really useful. I actually did a video walkthrough kind of showing you how to do uh, product research, but also for depth and demand. That's episode 189. Again, I'll throw all these links in the show notes, but I'll just give it to you guys now. It's theamazingseller.com forward slash 189, and that will give you like depth demand type stuff and kind of how to see like the history of a product. Um, So that's a good one. And uh, again, it's just something that we have to do this research, okay? And I know, Will, that wasn't 100% of your question, but for anyone else that's listening, it's really important to understand that because you could be looking at the numbers like, you know, at at a busy time of the year or in a trend and you won't know that until you launch and then you're like, wait a minute here, I was I was having 15 sales a day and now I'm down to one, why? Well, part of the reason could be because it's seasonal, right? So all of the product, even though I had demand, everyone is sharing that demand. So hopefully that makes sense. And I know that was a long-winded answer, but Will, I would probably say try to stay in stock and keep the listing alive, right? Keep it fed, keep it watered, right? Keep that thing alive. So that way there, when you are ready to get your sales back, you're, you're still constantly building in that process. And I would definitely try to continually build some type of launch list or something that you can then also use to spike sales whenever you want. Um, so anyway, that's the answer to your question. Thank you so much for it. And thanks so much for the kind words. I really, truly appreciate it. So let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. First of all, thank you very much for your great podcast, uh, not just the tips and pointers, but the motivation you provide is awesome. So, yeah, thanks for that. Um, my name's David, and my question concerns bundles as variations. I have uh, a garlic press, but so does everyone else. So I'm going to add a garlic peeler. Can I bundle the two and add it as a variation, thereby keeping my reviews, or do I need to create a new product? since the peeler had nothing to do with the original reviews or the reviews I've received so far. Then if I can create it as a variation, can those variations have different titles and bullets and descriptions to help me draw in more traffic from search or do all variations need to have the same titles, bullets, etc.? Right now I do have variations, but they're just color, so they don't need different titles. Um, I hope that makes sense and thanks again for your time. Good work. All right, so first off, David, David sounds smarter than me already. He's got that accent going on. Uh, I'm always uh, envious of <laughs> people with those accents, man. You guys sound smart. It's kind of like the guy that wears glasses too. Always looks smarter. Um, so maybe one day, maybe one day, I'll, I'll be one of those guys. Uh, so David, thank you so much for the question. It's a good question. I've answered it in the past a little bit, but not in this way, I guess. But variations are, number one, variations are a really great way for you to kind of broaden the net or, you know, widen the net because you're able to capitalize on the one listing and really build all of the, I want you to think of the listing as like a website and then the variations are like products that are underneath the website or that are that are embedded into the website, right? So if you can continually build out the authority of that listing in your brand, It's going to also help it in ranking and all that stuff. Yes, if you want to bundle something, it has to make sense, okay? You can't throw a garlic press and then have like 
a bonus in there that doesn't even relate to it, but you know, people would want like, uh, I'm going to throw in and I'm just going to say this just to throw it out there. Just it's, it's ridiculous, but just follow me here. If I was to say, here's a garlic press. And then in this variation, there's a $10 gift card to uh, a restaurant. Like you, you really, that wouldn't be right. Right. You, you just can't do that. Right. But what you can do is like you said, if you have a garlic press and then you have a garlic peeler and you put them into one package or one box, that makes total sense. So the way that you could do it is you could list the garlic press by itself, the garlic press and the garlic press peeler on its own listing. So now all of a sudden you've got two variations, okay? One with just the garlic press, one with the garlic press and the peeler. And now you get to use each listing almost independently, but they all share the reviews, Okay, so this way here, and you're going to also, you know, when you get sales on one or the other, it's also going to help boost the BSR, you know, your rank. Um, So it will help you. You get more back-end keywords in each listing, right? And if someone finds you through the garlic peeler press combo, right, then it's going to drive it to just the garlic press one. So I think it's smart to do that if you can. The, the, uh, the challenge is on this is now you have two products, right? So if you have uh, a garlic press and a garlic press peeler and you're bundling that, that's only going to be sold together as a package. A lot of people uh, misunderstand how that works. They think that you can just ship in individually and then Amazon will, will pick and pack those together if you want to do a combo. They won't. It has to be its own uh, skew, okay? It has to be its own uh, product in a sense, right? So just imagine it's it's a box or a or a package with with two items in it and then the other one is just a single item, right? But now you could do that, right? You could totally do that and I think it's smart to do that because you do again widen the net because you have a, a very similar product but then one with the bonus. Um so I would say definitely do that. And if anyone right now has a product that they're already bundling, but they're not breaking the bundle apart, I would probably try to break the bundle apart as long as it makes sense. Also, because now you add another variation and you already have the sourcing, you already have the supplier, you might not, you might not, uh, you know, you might find out that it doesn't do a ton of sales or maybe it goes the other way. Maybe the single unit does more than, than the combo, but the combo yields you more profit. Uh, so you just don't know, right. Until you get it out there. I like the idea a lot, especially now if you've got, if you've got colors too. So now you got even more variations that you can add into it. I really like that. Now, some people say, well, Scott, would it be smarter to list the garlic press by itself on its own listing and then list the garlic press peeler combo on its own listing? And now I get two pieces of real estate that could show up on the same page. That is the only advantage that I see for, for doing that is yes, you're right. If you can rank both of them on the same page when someone searches for garlic press, that's awesome, right? But I do think that's going to be more work because you have two listings to maintain versus trying to put all of that focus and the energy on pay-per-click and and the ranking efforts all on that to get yourself ranked for that one product uh, or that one listing in a sense, okay? So I think it's smarter to do that, but I've had people say, I want to do it the other way, or I've had them say that I'm doing it the way that you just described where I want to get displayed for two different listings on uh, you know, page one, let's say, but now all of a sudden I'm seeing it's not really working out that way. So I'm going to bundle them together and I'm going to take the one and I'm going to merge it into the other listing. And then this way here, when you get reviews on that one listing, they're all going under the same listing. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, and, uh, keep me posting on, on how you make out and, and, Again, really jealous of that accent. It's a really good accent. All right, guys, let's listen to another question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott. 
Um, love the podcast. Love the website. R- really have enjoyed everything, um, except I'm still one of those who's on the fence and, and hasn't picked a product. And uh, I've been kind of coming and going with this idea, uh, always coming back to it because I really love the idea of, of being an entrepreneur and, and starting my own deal. Anyway, to my question, um, is it too late? So I was scrolling through uh, one of your podcasts and you said, you know, you need to start broadening out away from Amazon to protect your business and think like a business and be ready to email all of your clients. And uh, it, it, I don't want to say I was looking for a reason not to. I was more looking for reasons to get started. I put down some some pretty serious goals on a pen to paper and, and have, again, kind of recommitted myself. So I'm just I'm, I'd love your take. Is it too late to get into this Amazon business? Is all of the quote-unquote easy money gone, or is there still space? As I'm doing my research, it, it, it looks more and more like uh, they're, they're the 1,000-plus reviews and then everybody else uh, that's way down below. I was looking at the Jungle Scout um, numbers and, and kind of guidelines as far as you know, 20 sold a day, 10 sold a day, 1 sold a day. Um, and, and it looks like, again, there's lots that are – are really crushing it at the top uh, with tons of reviews and then, and then kind of everybody else who's struggling along. And the last thing I'd, I'd want to do is, is jump into something that is, is past its prime and, and just struggling along. So uh, again, sorry for the long question. Hopefully it was clear enough. Uh, have I missed the boat? Um, and uh, again, love the podcast um, and, and we'll continue to listen and, and would, would very much appreciate an answer. Hope all's well and keep up the great work. Thanks. Okay, so first off, I can't say, hey, John, thanks so much for the question because you didn't give me your name, but that's all right. I'm still going to answer the question. So what I want to first off say is thanks so much for listening, um, and I understand completely where you're coming from, okay? Uh, Number one, I think we've all been kind of down the road of has that ship sailed, right? I mean, I'm going all the way back to like starting just an online business in general 10 years ago, like, or selling on eBay years ago, like, and then they had all their changes. Like, yes, a lot of people left and then they thought it was dead and there's now people still crushing it on eBay, right? So there's always going to be doubts. There's always going to be, is it too late? Uh, You know, is it harder? And the answer is, yeah, there's always going to be change. And is it harder? It depends on what you classify as harder. Yes, it's going to be harder as far as you're not just going to go out there and find those silicone mitts and you're going to go ahead and start to sell them. And you're not going to compete against listings that have a thousand units. And you're not just going to go out there and give, you know, do a bunch of giveaways to get reviews and all that stuff. Yes, those days are over. Right. Okay. Right. I never lived by that anyway, but yeah, those days are over. Now, are there still thousands or millions of products still being sold every single day? Yes. Uh, Are there products out there right now that you can find that are doing 100 units a day? Yes. Um, Is that my strategy? No. Uh, So again, you have to look at like, what are you... What are you going after? If you're if you're going after this thing in the mindset that you're going to go out there and launch one product or two products and you're going to crush it and that's going to be your business, I would say yes, move on. The ship has sailed. You're not going to you're not going to do that, okay? But again, I'm going kind of back. I I've never said that. Um I I've always said that Amazon is a great place to start. Um as you've heard me say that even even more, but it's it's not a place to stop, right? It's a place to get started because they make all of the transactional stuff easy, 
the traffic, putting your, your product in front of customers, all of that stuff, you know, pick and pack, you know, FBA, all that stuff. But you have to dig deep. You know, uh, you guys know, you guys probably, I mean, longtime listeners know that I'm a big fan of Gold Rush, right? They go to a lot of different mining areas and you know what? Sometimes it's not successful and sometimes it is. Sometimes it was easier because they had better ground and then sometimes it isn't, right? It's, it's kind of like that. I look at it like that. Like you have to go out there and dig deeper and you know, it may be the strategy of let me have like an open brand concept maybe to start. And what I mean by that, it's, you know, my good friend, Dom Sugar, that's kind of what he's done. Uh, You know, it's kind of like where you have an open brand where you might test products that are less sexy, right? They serve a purpose and you test them with a small run, a small order. And then if they start to stick, you start to build a brand around it. Uh, So you can totally do that. There's something that I'm working on right now, which is a little bit of a different strategy, which I'm going out and I'm building a a list, an email list and uh, a following in a certain market. And then I'm going to launch products from what I gather from that audience. So there's definitely still ways to do it. But if you want to go out there and find a product that's selling 100 units a day and you just want to go ahead and do the product research and get it up there, I would say, yeah, I I wouldn't, I mean, even going back, I, I wouldn't say that that would have been the strategy anyway. Do I think that you can go out there and find products that are selling 10 units a day and you can make $100 per day? Yeah, I do. I do still think that's there and I don't think that's going to go anywhere as I think that it's still there. You have to dig deeper. You have to um, understand the numbers. You have to understand the trends. You have to be willing to launch products that might not succeed and then pivot or change, as I said in the beginning here, right? It's all about change. It's like if you can get on a platform and start to learn it and then start to get some success with it, I mean some success depending on what you're going after. If you're listening to some gurus out there, and I never want to classify myself as a guru uh, or, or even an expert for that matter because I'm always testing, I'm always, I'm always out there in the trenches really trying to see like what's it going to take to get started and make that first $1,000? Like that's what it is for me or even the first $100 because I think once you understand that, then you can adapt that to so many different things. Um, that little, there's like, a, and I'll, I'll be bringing this to the surface here pretty soon. I've got a little case study that I'm working on. I'm actually, I'm going to be talking about it at our TAS Breakthrough Live event. I'm going to be sharing the whole case study there. But, you know, I never would have started that if this change didn't just recently happen with the reviews, where now, not even for myself, but for people that are following the podcast and people that are following, you know, like what I've said, like what's the next thing to help us launch products? Well, it's to build an email list and then launch products to those to those, uh, you know, those people. So this way here, we can boost our sales on Amazon and we can sell externally. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing, right? So I never would have did that really if this change didn't happen. I mean, I always, you know, and I've done it in other markets, but I never would have did it for this. And now that I've done that, it's opened my eyes to a completely new market. I was just going to do it as a case uh, study, as a test. Now I'm thinking bigger. I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, like this thing can turn into like a 30 or a $50,000 a month business, uh, depending on what we want to do with it, right? But again, never would have known if I didn't do so I can't stress that enough. You guys can listen to this podcast, all the other podcasts. You can listen to uh, you know, people that are doing uh, webinars. You can listen to people that are uh, at events. You have to take you know, the basic common sense, going back to it, that you need to find a market that wants to buy products for that market, okay? And then you need to find a way to deliver the product to them. Amazon is a channel to deliver that product to them. Outside of Amazon, your external channel, your email list is another channel. eBay's a channel right? Walmart.com. All all of those are channels, right? But it it all comes down to, again, the basics, and that is market product. 
right? Or market to product or product to market, however you want to say it. All right. So I know this was long-winded and, and I, again, I, I, I get a little, uh, I get a little rant happy here because it, it does upset me. A lot of times people are like, you know what? The ship has sailed. It's gone. Well, the people that are going to stick around or the people that are going to innovate, the people that are going to be creative, they're the ones that are going to win. All right. And I mean, win at whatever you want that, you know, that goal to be, if it's a hundred dollars a day, you know, $3,000 a month, or if it's a thousand dollars a month to pay your mortgage, um, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's really, to me, it's the people that are going to stick to it. They're going to be willing to change air quotes, doing that as the word of the day, as you guys heard, or the word of the week, because it is all about doing and then, and then like pivoting and then, you know, conforming to the change. And then, you know, really just taking that knowledge and bringing it into the next thing or making it better moving forward. So has the ship sailed on, uh, you know, from selling on Amazon? The answer is no, you can still do it. There's a lot of people still doing it and there's still people going to be doing it after everyone says that you can't do it. Um, and honestly, I think a lot of people out there would love for me to say, yes, it has move on because then there'd be less competition. Uh, I've had people say that like, Scott, like, when are you going to stop, man? When are you going to stop the podcast? Like, because you're, you're adding so much more competition for us. And I, and I've always said, you know what? There's always going to be people that are going to do, and there's always people that are just going to listen. They're not going to do. So there's always room for people to come into that market. And to me, it's all about, you know, being real with you and transparent with you. And, and that's what my thoughts are on this topic. So there you have it. All right. So a little rant, had to put it out there. It came from a question, but no, my answer is I think that Amazon is a great opportunity still to this day, man. I got to say, I'm sitting here in my office. The sun is beaming through. I'm in a sweatshirt because I took a walk and it was a little cool out. I'm sweating right now. My arms are, are you guys know how I am. Right? I'm a little animated too. Like my arms are going, I'm, I'm working up a sweat here. I'm probably burning calories as I'm sitting here. Actually, I know I am. So that's a good thing, right? I'm exercising uh, as I'm sitting down here recording this podcast episode. So guys, hopefully that's helped you. Uh, I want to thank everyone that submitted questions. If I did not answer your question yet, please be patient. I'm doing my best to work through those. Um, also, if you have your own question, you want to get it in the queue to be answered on an upcoming Ask Scott, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and uh, you can do that. Record a voicemail and also record your name and where you're tuning in from. All right. And again, guys, I'm going to say this. It doesn't have to be just about selling on Amazon, right? It can be on selling on another platform. It can be on how to build an email list better. It can be a, a challenge that you have about outreach, uh, you know, how to find an, an, uh, you know, maybe a YouTube uh, influencer in your space. Like whatever it is, throw these at me. I'll do my best to answer them. If I can't answer it myself, I'll find the answer and deliver it here on the podcast, all right? Show notes can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 283. Again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash 283. And if you want to attend one of our live weekly workshops, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop, and you can register for an upcoming one there. And it will either be for product research or for the five phases to launching a product on Amazon. All right, guys, so that's it. That's gonna wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you, I believe in you, and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud. You guys know what I'm gonna say now. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.